Coming up on this week's Eastern Conference edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. We'll get you set for the unofficial second half of the season. Now that we're back from the All-Star game, who's buying, who's selling, and what are the top storylines to keep an eye on? That's all coming up on today's edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. It's your team every day. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome in to the first of many trade deadline preview shows. Look, we're just over a month away from the trade deadline, so it is time to discuss transactions, what could be, and what has already happened. I'm Ross Levitan from Locked On Senators, alongside my good friend Mike DeStefano from Locked On Toronto Maple Leafs. Today's episode of Locked On NHL is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get 200 bucks in bonus bets if your bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Today is Wednesday, February 7th, and Mikey, the second half unofficially begins what is the number one thing you're keeping a close eye on? I mean, uh, keeping an eye on a lot of stuff. I, if we're going to keep things tight, close to home, obviously, as the host of Lockdown Leafs, you know, I'm keeping an eye on on that team. And if they can, you know, figure out what their woes have been. There was a, a quote today from the head coach, Sheldon Keith about how the team has only really played to their potential 50% of the games. And I mean, I, I would agree with that. And, and it's a lack of consistency that really has plagued this team over the course of the year. So can they find that level of consistency moving forward? Is Ilya Samsonov a starter? Is he back to what he was a season ago? Can Joe Wall return and play some you know good hockey to you know get this team to where they need to go? So from a Toronto perspective, that's kind of what I'm focused on. But elsewhere... I think before I'm taking you, a look at before you get to elsewhere. Did I hear Sheldon Keefe call his team a bunch of peewee players last night? Ah, uh, yes. Well, kind of. He said that there were so there was a play against the Islanders. They're on the power play, and uh, a guy coming out of the box at the end of the power play didn't get picked up. Got in behind the the defenseman and ended up scoring on the you know, uh, right, right away and ended up regaining the lead after the Leafs had just tied the game. So it was a bit of a tough, tough sequence there. And yeah, basically he said, that's peewee stuff. You can't let guys get behind you like that. When you are, you know, getting off of a power play, you got to be aware of that stuff. That's peewee hockey stuff. So it was in reference to to that play there, which uh, yeah, it was, it was a bit of a tough play for sure. You, you, you hate to see, stuff like that. You just go and maybe try and build a bit of momentum. They scored at four and four, then didn't score on the power play, but they got scored on directly afterwards. So Sheldon Keith, none too pleased about that. And then followed up today, basically doubling down and just saying, look, this team has not been consistent. Like they've only played up to their potential 50% of the time. The, the quote, I got the full quote here. He said, quote, We've got a good team here. We've got a good players. As a coaching staff, we need to do a better job with them and work with them and help them recognize our own goal in getting them the team to play to its potential. And I think we've done that, I would say, about 50% of the games. We've been really good. That's not enough. That's not enough in the NHL. 
which I appreciate that kind of quote because I would agree. There's been many, many no-show games for this team and for a lot of these players. Um, so for Sheldon Keith to come out and say that, I guess, is, is nice. But, you know, I, I guess I'll ask you as an outsider, you're 50 games into a season. You would think that uh, you already know well, not only just 50 games, you're, you're into your fifth year as the coach of the team. You'd think you would know how to press the buttons to get the most out of these guys, no? He's tried to do this more than once, though. Like, he's called out his top guys often. Yep, and you get about a couple of weeks out of them, and then they kind of fade again. And then he's got to push their buttons and give them a little kick in the pants, and they fade again. It's it's the same story with the Maple Leafs year after year, and it's a chicken or the egg, right? Is it the players or is it the coach? Which needs to change? Uh, they decided to go back to the well with the same nucleus this offseason. They got rid of Kyle Dubas. In came Tree Living, and he decided, actually, we're going to extend Sheldon Keefe. We're going to extend Austin Matthews. We're going to extend William Nylander. And next year, we'll see what happens with uh, Marner and Tavares. But, uh, yeah, it's it's the same story year after year, same problems. And uh, Sheldon Keefe still doesn't have answers to why his team is so wildly inconsistent night tonight. For me, the top storyline, and this is more of a league-wide thing, so I think we should leave some of it for the power rankings on Locked On NHL every Thursday. This might be the closest MVP race that we've had in in the last half decade. No, we've got a two-way tie at the top of the point totals with 85 right now with Nikita Kucherov and with Nathan McKinnon. Who's to say that Connor McDavid won't come out in the second half and put up 80 points in 50 games or whatever's left, less than 45 now? Um, dude, like, dude, it, I, I awesome. agree. And and it's not only the points, but it's like you look at a lot of this is very narrative based, right? When you're voting MVP, this team was dead in the water a month and a half into the season. They fired their coach, and now they're on a 16 game heater. They won 16, going for a record 17. Uh, I guess this is coming out on Wednesday. We'll see if they can make it, uh, if they can, you know, win the the Tuesday game prior to us or after us recording. But um, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting race. I think I was looking on FanDuel earlier today. I'm just going to pop it up right now. Yeah, I'm curious. What what are the like? Give me he's, the top. He's five. third. He's he's third right now in terms of uh, behind behind Kucherov and McKinnon. So McKinnon is the favorite. So McKinnon is currently the favorite. Uh, He's to so win. nasty. You know, he has a point, yeah. at least a point in every single home game this year. Yeah, it's disgusting what <laughs> McKinnon's doing. Scored a goal last night. Also, FanDuel had a really nice, um, that a nice odds boost. It was McKinnon to score a goal and to cover the, the puck line. And they were plus one and a half. And they did so, and I made the bet, and I'm happy I did. Thank you to our FanDuel sponsors for that one. Uh, but, yeah, so McKinnon at minus 135, so he's the favorite. Kucherov at plus 300. Like, McDavid at plus 430 is just – that's just that's just insane value to me. It, like, it's Connor McDavid, man. What this guy does, if that team truly does go on the run and plays, continues to play at the high level they're at, not only is the team going to have success, but it's going to be on the back of – a guy like Connor McDavid. And if he ends up getting back into the race here, I think he's still like 10 or so points off of McKinnon and, and, and Kucherov who are running away with the Art Ross race. But that's to your point. I mean, it 30 games, McDavid can easily make up 10 points on these guys. Like he, he can, he's done that many, many times. So uh, I, I honestly, Connor McDavid at plus four thirty, pretty good value. Pretty, yeah, lo- pretty good value. Let us know in the comments who your MVP is so far. For me, it's got to be Nathan McKinnon, though. I mean, just what he's doing. He's, he's a horse every single night, and um, it, it's really I gotta, incredible. 
I got a nice 20 to one futures on that too. Made that bet back in November and I am very thankful for it. Nice. We always start the locked on NHL Eastern conference show discussing our own teams in the first segment. So the Leafs, obviously they're pushing towards a playoff spot. It'd be shocking really if they weren't able to get things together enough to make it, even though they do sit in a wild card spot entering Mm -hmm. Tuesday, February 6th play 58 points tied with Detroit. Toronto does have two games in hand there. So the Atlantic division, five playoff spots right now, both Toronto and Detroit, the, uh, the teams there, but the Islanders got two points closer. They got the win in regulation against Toronto. The Leafs tied it up with under five minutes to go and then gave it up just as quickly as they got it back. But for my senators, man, yeah, they're six, two and two in their last 10 games. It's a fool's gold errand again uh, for them to kind of go off the rocker only to, you know, make that that half concerted effort. But I really think that it's a matter of just playing the right way. Like you need to at least have something to cling on. And now with new ownership and new management, like ever in the biggest storyline in, in Ottawa, Mikey, and you can speak to this as well, because Steve Steos worked for the Leafs a little bit too. Like this is still Pierre Dorian's team. Steve Steos, oh, yeah. other, other than bringing back Shane Pinto, which was a no brainer, at league minimum, so you could even say, "Hey, he got the negotiation." I know he had well, no leverage, yeah, but DJ, his- DJ Smith, they, the the coaching change was also a Steos move, right? Not a single player on the ice was brought in by Steve Steos. They haven't made a single personnel move, a prospect signing, nothing, and we're going on five months. So everyone's wondering, like, what kind of players are he, is he going to target? What are they going to do? And what's the outlook? Like, if they bring in a Chris Tanev, that's the the noise that keeps coming in. Is the Sens really want Tanev? it would have to be with an extension because you wouldn't pay for a rental. But that's the type of player, if it is a pro's pro, but then you're setting the record that like next year it's go time. So you're telling me that the Ottawa Senators are in buy mode right now? No, I think they're in set themselves up for next year mode and make sure that the players, because the whole thing, they're unlearning the DJ Smith style. Shout out to DJ Smith, by the way, just got hired as an assistant coach in L.A., perfect assistant coach and I think he's going to go in there with good vibes and a good mentality for a team that's really down bad and feeling for themselves can't get a win in LA but just not a head coach like he just didn't have enough details and these players over the last five years the Stutzlas the Kachucks the Norrises the Bathersons they've just been told if they work harder things will get better but they don't so this the rest of this year for Ottawa is about teaching those players systems and how to be able to react when things don't go their way in the course of a game and have, you know, the right way of playing. I know it's a bit of a cliche, but they just had not been able to show it over the course of the year. If you look though, like Mikey, it's hilarious. Like the teams that are around the senators in uh goal differential in terms of points, like Ottawa's tied with Columbus and they've allowed 24 fewer in terms of a goal differential. Montreal is the next team ahead of Ottawa. They're a minus 39. Ottawa's minus 12. Like, they're not as bad as they are in the standings. It's kind of comical, really, how they're yeah. that, that low. They had two oh five and 0 road trips. Like, that takes you right out of it. Well, and, and if, if I recall, I think back, there's a lot of games where they were up, and then they gave up the lead, and, and a lot of one-goal losses. So, you know, they're losing tight games here, and they're, they're you know, they've pissed away a bunch of points. I think we... Uh, we, we all can, you know, agree with that. Do they finally have a pity point yet? Did that pity point finally come? Oh yeah. Couple, couple, uh, they're, they're one in five in, in one goal games this year. So one win in six, one goal games, but yeah, they've got a couple of those pity points and they actually came against good teams. It was Winnipeg and then, uh, Boston. Those are the two teams that got the, the, the winner point over Ottawa, but dude, I don't know if you saw this and enough with the senators after this one, but 
The Sens had a two-minute and five-second overtime in their last game before the All-Star break, and the Red Wings didn't touch the puck once. Impressive. Not bad. Not Not bad. bad. So if you're going to suck, at least beat your rivals. Ottawa finishes the season series 3-1 and against Detroit, and they will wrap up their season series against Toronto with against you guys next Saturday. Ottawa's 2-1 and against the Leafs so far this season as well. So if you're going to lose, at least you have, and they're uh, 2-0 and against Montreal and have won eight straight against the Habs. So at least, hey, the bragging rights, don't don't look at the standings, Mike. Other than that, everything's going fine. I say I'm like the verbal meme, the dog in the house when everything's on fire around him, and it's like, hey, everything's okay. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. All everything's good. Fine. Hey, I'll take a playoff spot over uh, over a couple of meaningless regular season victories any day. Hey, rivalries matter, Mikey. Rivalries matter. Yeah. Hey, let's get into uh, some potential playoff talk. Enough about the bottom feeders, but let's get into some teams that are higher up in the standings. Man, there's some great stories in the Eastern Conference. We'll get into those next. This is Locked On NHL. I'm Ross Levitan. For more from me, check out Locked On Senators. That's Mike DeStefano from Locked On Leafs. More Eastern Conference chatter coming up after this. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel. It's North America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win the Super Bowl, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored. They've got a bunch of Taylor Swift prop bets as well, Rossi, and so much more. And guess what? New customers join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with Fanduel, the official sportsbook partner of the Locked On Network. Welcome back, Locked On NHL. Mikey, I just got to say, because you're throwing darts at me for the Senators where they are in their standings. You know they have one less regulation win than the Toronto Maple Leafs this year? One less. Yeah, yeah. The, the, that's, the, the Leafs don't win games in regulation. We, we all know that. They've got 16 regulation wins and nine overtime and shootout wins. So it is what it is. Hey, who do you think that it's it's already like signed, sealed, delivered? The Boston Bruins are finishing first in the Eastern Conference this year. Right now, heading into Tuesday's play, they have 71 points. They have a five-point lead over Florida and a six-point lead over the New York Rangers. Yeah, I like probably. I, I think there's a better chance that it happens than doesn't. Like I wouldn't say, you know, it's it's overwhelmingly going to happen but I, I do think that it's probably more likely than than not like i look at the two teams to me that obviously stand a chance to catch boss will be florida who's been unbelievable of late i don't know if you've seen the what, what they're one Matt, of my they're, they're one of my favorite teams to watch too because they're always bringing people into the the back alleyway and they're going to kick your oh, yeah. ass on the scoreboard and in the uh you know in the fisticuffs dude they the, the florida panthers owe big walt so much money they owe him a ton of cash for what his comments calling that team soft did to galvanize that group last year. Wait, Ottawa doesn't get credit because Ottawa beat Florida for him to go off on that tangent. 
Hey, I know. And at 1050 <laughs> is where he said it. So in my radio station, same thing. But uh, yeah, they owe Big Walt a, a lot of credit because, again, what they did last year and they're following it up again this year. And, and Matt Kachuk got off to a little bit of a slow start. Um, but over the course of his last 15 games, I think he's got 11 goals and like 26 or 27 points. He's he's catching fire. You've got Sam Reinhardt, just three goals back of Austin Matthews for Ridiculous. the Rocket Richard uh, race, which is insane because we always talk about, wow, Matthews, 40 by February. That's incredible. That's insane. Well, Sam Reinhardt's just three shy of that. He's one hat trick away from tying Austin Matthews for the Richard race. It's it's actually insane. And that's something, too, that I'll be like, we talk about storylines going forward through the rest of the season. Like, that's one that I'm definitely going to be looking at. Can Sam Reinhardt keep up the toward pace that he's on? I, I don't think he's going to do that. He's shooting at 27% this well, year. There's Nobody can but. stop him in the bumper on the power play. He scored probably half his goals within five feet of the net. Yeah, he's look, man. He's he's having a hell of a season. Don't get me wrong, uh, but can he continue to shoot at twenty seven percent? Odds would say probably not. He's a fifteen percent career shooter. But they always uh, have still, a guy like this. It, it was it was Carter Verhage last year that was shooting at a ridiculous percent. Yeah, yeah. Carter Verhage did this. Like Sam Bennett when he first got there went off. Uh, you know, his first year that he was there, and now you got Sam Reinhardt who's you know playing incredible. They do always get someone that kind of comes out of nowhere and, and scores a bunch of goals and provides some offense for them. Uh, Even but that's on the definitely, back end. Yeah, Brandon Montour, like last year, 73 points. That was insane. I think I saw Montour's like top 10 in uh, on FanDuel for Norse, which I what? thought was bizarre to see. But yeah, um, but yeah, I think that them and the Rangers uh, are probably the two teams that are a little bit of a threat to the Boston Bruins, but ultimately... Like Boston, just they're just not going anywhere. Like they got no. the, the two headed tandem in, in net. They've got really good defending, and you know you got David Pasternak who's still out there ripping Genos, and they're just doing their thing, man. They're the Boston Bruins. They always will be in uh, winnings in their DNA, and I think they'll still be able to probably gut out another Atlantic Division trophy. Again, heading into Tuesday play, they're the only team in the National Hockey League with less than eleven regulation losses heck they're they're in single digits they're 31 9 and 9 through 49 games just absolutely sick twisted ridiculous but you just have to give honestly you have to give credit going back to Zdeno Chara because he set this this culture there when he arrived as a free agent they were a joke in 2006 he arrived and they gave him all sorts of credibility then you've got Patrice Bergeron arriving at the same time They've got all sorts of, of just unbelievable culture so, guys going through there. So are you going to try and take credit for that as well? The the, the Ottawa Senators for letting Zdeno Chera leave and go to Big Boston? Time. Yeah, I'll take credit for that. So when they go with their cup at the end of the year, that's that's a little piece of that. A little hey, piece of that could be celebrated by Sens Nation, by Sens Central, the Sens Central to... citizens. We will be celebrating. Um, Boston and Ottawa have played one playoff series together. They have, Ottawa's got more wins than Toronto does against them. Yeah. Well. In four. <laughs> yeah. That'll play. 2017. Uh, get yourself only... an Eric Carlson. That's it. That's it, man. That's or the a only... Hamburglar. For for Ottawa to make the playoffs, they need one person to just be Hercules. So speaking of speaking of Eric Carlson, uh if we transition into, you know, some other teams 
Yep. The Pittsburgh Penguins, like I, I was pretty checked out last week and I hadn't checked the standings in a couple of weeks. And then when I got back from vacation, I opened up the standings, tried to familiarize myself. All right, what's going on again in the NHL? And I was pretty kind of surprised to see that the Penguins kind of pulled themselves uh, out of the depths of, of the standings and, and are now just like a few points out of a playoff spot. They're only five points out of a playoff spot with four games in hand on the Philadelphia Flyers for that final spot in the Metro. Um, like, what do you think the Penguins can do here in this second half of the year? Unofficial. Yeah, they're, they're to me, they're going to be one of the most interesting teams to watch because we know that Kyle Dubas, he's similar to what I said about Steve Stales. Like, he hasn't put a st- stamp on this team yet. I guess Carlson was wow. sending, setting the tone, right? That's a big move. Carlson but it was also... But Carlson coming in, they ended up getting him for like the same amount of dead money out. Like it wasn't the high price to pay to get him at the at the end of the day. Sure, it's a lot of salary cap and I guess it sets the direction. But to me, like I guess where I was going with that, too, is they have a decision to make with their second leading scorer, Jake Gensel. Like, yes, he's a UFA after this year. You've committed all this money elsewhere. If they end up trading him all of a sudden, it's like full panic mode. It's like we're what's the vibe around the locker room? We're not giving our team the best chance to win, but if you keep them, you could lose them for nothing at the end of the year. And is this Pittsburgh Penguins team, if they get in, are they really a threat? Because if they squeak in, they get the last spot. We just talked about the Boston Bruins. You think they're going to go up against the Boston Bruins in round one and beat them? I mean, I didn't think Florida was going to do it either. And I mean, they did like, I I guess, I, I, I mean, you can't ever really doubt out, doubt Sidney Crosby I mean a couple years ago when he was when he was there against the Rangers I mean he was just unbelievable like in that series before getting hurt he was so good and it was like dude is is Sid gonna is Sid gonna do this is he gonna lead this team past the New York Rangers um obviously it didn't happen but you know you look at that team they're a bunch of vets it's almost like this is their last ride I would be surprised if Dubas sold because I mean, what are you even going to get for a bunch of dudes? And 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 like, Gensel, if you sell man. this year, what are you going to get out of out of Malkin next year? Latang next year? Like like, what are they going to be as players? Like this almost feels like this is kind of their last dance. Like it really, really is. So if you move on from Gensel, one of your actual younger players who would be good for you for the future. I don't know what you're going to have in a team next year. So it's like, if you're, if you're Dubas, if you're ownership in Pittsburgh, if you're Sidney Crosby, it's, Hey, we got to go for it. And if that means losing Gensel, um, you know, to, to, for nothing at the end of the year, whatever, but we can't afford to sell this guy off. And then, you know, completely punt basically on the season. I just don't see that happening. I, I think they're going to be active at the deadline. I Dubas coming from Toronto. He's, he was always pretty active. Um, I think he'll be quite active to try and add some pieces there in Pittsburgh. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I, I still have them on the outside looking in. I know I took some heat from that in the preseason. I didn't trust Tristan Jari. Look, he's got a 913 save percentage. I think he's played pretty well um, versus the expectations I have. He's he's known to have a few stinkers here and there, but he's also been, been dialed in. He's had six, quote, really bad starts, which is when you have a save percentage below 85% in a single game. But then he's had a, a 19 quality starts where he's stolen a few games as well. So I think they've actually kind of like Nadelkovic is the better goalie in terms of win loss record this year. Tristan Jari is actually 13, 14 and four. Um, but the save percentage is sparkling. So, I mean, they're going to have to rely on their special teams. I think in the second half of the season. 
So if we look at teams on the outside looking in right now who might be able to, to you know, because the Philadelphia Flyers currently holding that third spot in the Metro, but they've lost five in a row. And now that we know Carter Hart, not affiliated with the team, like he's done, obviously. This team's, I don't see them competing. I, I mean, it seems going to go on a pretty downward trend pretty quick, I think. Like I said, they've lost five in a row, so they've already started. So there's a spot there for one of these three teams that are on the outside looking in right now. I guess four. We could throw in the Capitals, too. But the Islanders, the Penguins, the Devils, and the Capitals. I think one of those teams um, will take that third spot in the uh, in in the Metro like, which of those do you feel most confident will have the best second half of the season? What a tease, Mikey. We'll discuss that next. That's Mike DiStefano from Locked On Leafs. I'm Ross Levitan, Locked On Senators. We'll answer that question and more next. This is the Locked On NHL Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Indeed. Are you hiring? You need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed to schedule, screen, and message so you can connect with candidates faster. Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers also agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. So when you're looking to hire, you need Indeed. You can join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Because you're a listener of Locked On NHL, you will get $75 sponsored job credit to get your job more visibility at Locked On. Locked On. Locked On is the promo code. It's Indeed.com slash Locked On. So just go to Indeed.com slash Locked On right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Locked On. Terms and conditions apply. You need to hire. You need Indeed. Indeed. Welcome back. Locked On NHL podcast. Your team every day. We got local experts on the biggest stories. Make sure to like, subscribe, watch wherever you get your podcasts. We are also free and available on YouTube. Shout out to the everydayers out there that ride with us Monday with Gil. You've got Tuesday Western Conference. Nick and Seth have you covered there. Mike and I do your Wednesday Eastern Conference edition. The fellas, Chris, everybody's in the mix on Thursday for power rankings. And then on Friday, Rachel Donner and Gil Martin will get you into the weekend with all you need to know around the league. So this is the Locked On NHL podcast. And this it's time for the Eastern Conference. So, Mike, you want to know which team that's on the outside looking in is going to steal a spot from either Detroit or Toronto as it stands right now. Or if I want to get wild, maybe one of those Metropolitan teams falls out. And I know you already hinted that it could be the Philadelphia Flyers. Look, yeah. I can't I can't two weeks I, after I come on here and tell you that the Flyers are a legit contender. I can't do a 180 that fast. I'm gonna do a 90 degree turn though, half of a 180. Like I'm, I'm almost out on the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, their goal differential scares me. Their inability to hold leads scares me. Ottawa went into their barn a couple weeks ago and and erased two different deficits they were facing. This team's just not ready. But the, the other side of that though, Mikey, 
is that's when John Tortorella does his best coaching is when nobody believes in his team because he's going in there and making sure that every player knows that nobody thinks that they can be anything. So that's my, yeah. only, my only hesitation there, but got to get a save man. And, and, and look, Samuel Urson's going to do his best, his absolute best to try and, you know, be uh, uh, the best he can be to be a, a starting goaltender in the NHL. But I'd, I, I don't think he's there yet. Like he, he just burst onto the scene and uh, ultimately I, I don't think that he's capable of doing the job that, that they're going to need him to do if they want to continue to be playoff caliber team. And you look, man, like they've lost the last five games and, and they've gotten dummied. So um, I, I, it's a team that's going South and going South quick. So I personally, and they've, they've played 50 games, both New York, uh, or New Jersey has three games in hand. The Penguins have four games in hand. Washington has three games in hand. Although Washington, now at the Kuznetsov news, they may, may be a team that kind of goes downward pretty quickly too. Um, and then the Islanders are just two points back, and they've played the same amount of games there. So, you know, I I, I don't like the odds of the Flyers, um, you know, holding a playoff spot here. I probably would say that, Toronto and Detroit have a better chance to hold one of those wild card spots than Philly does to hold that third spot in the Metro. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I, I'm on the side that I think Detroit's gonna gonna come back to reality here. I know they had such a hot month. They've been hot and cold all year. And you know yeah. what? I've squatted on that take, so I'm just gonna stick with it, whether I'm right or wrong. Uh to hey. give you an answer, I think the Islanders get into the playoffs. I think they're too much of a veteran team and uh, Patrick Waugh has been known as like a, a structure coach, but he's also, and, and you saw him in his post game the other night in Toronto where like he is really kind of elevating the confidence of Matthew Barzal, car, calling him a, like a legit star player in this league. I think coaches in the past, whether it's Barry Trotz or Lane Lambert there, they've tried to make Matthew Barzal into a player that he's not, where I think that Patrick Waugh is really, he's going to focus on structure, I think, as a team as a whole, but I think he's going to let Barzell spread his wings like an eagle, as he called them last night. I think he's going to produce a ton of offense for them down the stretch. And obviously, like, they were in Toronto last night. I watched the the game, and he was the best player on the ice. He, he was. He was the best player on the ice last night. Um, and Ilya Sorokin played excellent as well. And he's someone who's kind of struggled this season. Uncharacteristically, he's been a star goaltender since ever since he came into the league, really um, since he came over from Russia. And, you know, if he's going to have a second half resurgence, um, that's going to be big for this Islanders team uh, for sure. So if you can get a little more out of Barzell, you get a, a nice second half rebound out of the goaltender there. Uh, yeah, I think that's definitely a team to be watching going forward. Uh, but all three of those clubs, like the Islanders, the Penguins, and the Devils, have a shot uh, to kind of usurp one of these, maybe even two of these teams that are battling for you know these final few playoff spots. It's going to be a real interesting battle down the stretch in the second half here. Yeah, so your horse is New Jersey? Man, if they get a goalie, if they can get a goalie, I like Jersey, but they need to get themselves someone to save a puck. Like a lot, of te- a lot of teams are saying that right now. Like, no, well, a lot of, yeah, a lot exactly. of teams are struggling. It's it's true. I mean, same thing out in L.A., right? Like Cam Talbot, woohoo, he was great for the first couple weeks. Uh, yeah, first couple months, it was great. Won himself an all-star spot. He hasn't won a game in like, Dude, starts. I tweeted out the stats, not because I'm a hater. I am. 
Uh, I tweeted out the stats because only three players, four once Elias Lindholm got traded, but three players were All-Stars this year uh, in the initial batch of All-Stars that only played or played for a different team last year. Connor Bedard, Cam Talbot, and Alex Dabrinkit, two former Senators. Um, so I, I did some crack research, and from when they were named All-Stars, Cam Talbot was 0-5-2 with an 8.50 save percentage, and Alex Dabrinkit had one goal in his last 14 games. Uh, Dominic Kubelik has two. Yeah. Healthy yeah. scratch. But no, all jokes aside, I think that, uh, that man, goaltending's never been more important. And obviously, outside circumstances, the reason for Philly, but wouldn't they love to have Ivan Fedotov in goal right now? Hey, eh? like they tried to bring that big goalie over from Russia. And uh, obviously, Putin had other ideas. He was going to go serve in the army instead. Um, he, he's having a sick year in KHL again. But there's like, if you're a team that has two goalies right now, like Montreal, and they're holding all the cards. They're holding oh. all the cards because there's teams that are going to overpay for a goalie at the deadline because they do not want to go into like even the best goalies like goalies are voodoo. There was an article today. I saw who's going to start for the Rangers. If the playoffs start today, Igor Shosturkin or Jonathan quick. Could you yeah. imagine reading that article last year? Yeah, no, that's does but sound it's true. Blasphemous. But it's true. Jonathan quick has been the better goalie and it hasn't even been close. Well, you can have the same conversation with the other New York team, right? Like Varlamov has statistically been the better goalie between he and uh, he and Sorokin, but like Sorokin's clearly the guy. Like, I don't think that's much much of a debate. Our Rangers so, are in trouble, Mikey. Our Rangers are in trouble. Yeah. Well, I don't know, man. I still think they're they're quite the juggernaut of a team. I think they'll they'll figure it out. Okay. They should. They got a good roster, man. And like Igor turned it around. That roster's depth plenty good enough to be uh to be a Stanley Cup team. Plenty, yeah. plenty good enough. I was just thinking Elvis Mers Leakins is another guy coming off yep. of a shutout in his last game against the St. Louis Blues. I wonder if he's somebody that teams take a peek at potentially. You mentioned Montreal, like Jake Allen or teams gonna look there, or maybe they pay up for Sam Montembeau potentially. The the but. problem is, well, Montenbo just signed an extension. So I, I know, feel, I know. I feel like they want him, but like the problem with Merzlikens is who's fitting over $5 million for a three-year term oh. in midseason? They got to eat half that for sure. Like, for three Columbus, years? Oh, they have to. I mean, they're not going to be competitive anyways. Right. Like, yeah. Let's, I still let's can't believe they gave Gabrantz in four years at $4 million per. Yeah, well, yeah. No, that was that was absolutely mind-numbing. Uh, who else is out there? Uh, Mackenzie Blackwood out in San Jose. San Jose. He's having a great year. He is. Yeah, like I, he's definitely a guy that like Jersey could use him for sure. I, I think there's a bunch of teams that could look at him. Potentially LA could look at Mackenzie Blackwood. So many having... teams look so dumb that they didn't pull the trigger for whatever the cost was for Hallbach before he re-signed. What a stunt. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, who else is Con kind of Connor funny? Ingram having a great year? Yeah, Connor Ingram. Although, like the Oats are still in it, so like I wouldn't be selling right, off right. The Oats, Dude, but... I'm all in on the woo, the Oats. Um, but then Vimelka too. Like, yeah, Vimelka is a guy they could potentially go and get. Markstrom's out there. The Flower. I know, you know Mrazic just resigned. Otherwise, he would have been a good guy. Like he's having a heck of a year considering the circumstances. But yeah, yeah obviously a lot he's of losses, but he's. He's keeping them low, right? He's keeping them low scoring. Like, does someone want to pull a trigger on a on a John Gibson? Oh, Markstrom is the other name. Yeah, yeah, but it so would have to be the right circumstances. There's a lot of a lot of names out there, but 
uh, are teams going to pay the price and can they fit those cap? You know, can they fit it within their cap structure? Well, those are the big questions, I guess, that we have. And we'll have to try and uh, not we teams in the NHL general managers will have to try and get that all sorted out. Because if there's one thing that I have known about this league and you look at all the coaches that have been fired recently, had another one this past weekend with Tom McClellan. If you go and you take a look at what the goaltenders have done for all those squads, the answer is diddly squats. They've been detriments to their team. You need goaltending to win in, the, in this league, at least average goaltending to win in this league. And there's a couple of contenders out there that are hoping to make uh, a push that aren't getting league average goaltending, and they should definitely look to try and improve uh, between the pipes. But again, that's, uh, that's that's we could just talk about it. Those GMs have to go and make it make it happen. That's Mike DeStefano. More from him on Locked On Maple Leafs. I'm Ross Levitan. You can find me on Locked On Ottawa Senators. And Mikey, we are four weeks and two days away from the time of recording. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, four weeks and one day away. So we'll have plenty of time to break down the trade deadline coming up. Who's going to win the arms race heading into the stretch run? We'll have plenty of time to discuss that. But for now, we hand it off to Power Rankings Thursday here on the Locked On NHL podcast. It's your team every day.